Hey, what's up? Hello. Welcome to Hack a Chat, the NBA's first podcast with a man who cut his finger while playing ukulele. That's me. I'm Chuck P. And with me is the apple of Danny Zuko's eye, Dandra D. Dan, what are we going to do? Oh, we are here to talk some hoops and tell you what happened to Harold Miner. Behind the MacBook, we have the prospector of our producing, Gyro. It's nice to be here. We're glad you showed up. Hey, we're glad to be here, even though Dan uh, is not here. Yeah, yeah, Dan's not here. Not fully here, but since I'm not there, you went with a double Danny reference in introducing me today. So very well done, Danny Zuko and Dan Hurley. Yeah. Your best guess. Double Dan's. Double Dan's. Double Dan? Uh, yeah. Double Dan. Uh, Dan, where are you at? So I am currently in Chicago, Illinois right now. Uh-huh. Um, running around, roaming around the city and enjoying life out here. Um, and, and this is, this is going to now be, uh, uh, an ongoing thing for you. Yeah. So this will be an ongoing thing for Hack and Chat going forward. Well, I just recently accepted a job in which I will be relocating from Columbus, Ohio out to the Chicago, Illinois area. So pretty excited about it. Well, we're excited for you. We're going to miss you. But hey, you know, you, we, we still got this going on. We're, we're going to, at the very least, talk to you about basketball once a week. We, we got we to gotta keep the show going. The show must go on, of course. Oh, absolutely. As well, they would say we in Broadway. Conti- we, had this, we had this contingency plan going into this. So right. we, uh, we, knew this, we knew this might be coming. Mm-hmm. Um, and we uh, were able to test out the old follow the recording method so i think we're off to a good start with it so far feeling good yeah um well knock on wood yes so hopefully this all goes well um dover how you doing man i'm doing well i have an actual good sounding microphone now people can hear you yes so well yeah it's great new microphones yeah new mics well you see because dan because you're not here dover got moved over to to line two the good the good uh, bumped him up. yeah he got bumped up to an uh, to a real mic yeah, an actual XLR XLR cable. That's the one, Charlie. Yeah, Dover, yeah. Dover, how does it feel? It it feels it feels real good. My voice sounds great in the in the headphones right now. Uh, we're gonna. I think, I think the uh, the the fans will enjoy the the new Dover voice. I, I hope think it's so. It's gonna be good for the show. I think it's be good for the show. I'm gonna try and force them to say more things because of it. Do it, I dare you. Uh, so, anyways, uh, minus our uh, technical changes. Uh, we've had a lot going on in the NBA. Of course, round two was finished, but we also had the draft combine happen, the draft lotteries happening. Um, we have uh, people putting stuff on jerseys. We have so much to talk about in the NBA. I think we should get to it. How about how about it, Dan? I think it's a good idea. I think we should just jump right down and do it. All right. And here we go. The first series we want to get to in the second round was Cleveland versus Atlanta, and it was the the first series to to finish. Uh, it went by pretty quick. Kind of yeah, it was, it. A, it was it was it was it was a bloodbath from three. So uh, oh no yeah, kidding, not a not a super exciting series, but the uh, first one we'll get to here in the second round. So yeah, Cleveland Atlanta. Mm-hmm. We had some we had some some tough questions going into this series. What uh, which one was the first one we were looking at here? Uh, well, we're just going to go right off the top there. What are the Hawks going to do to stop LeBron? And uh, we found out what their plan was, was to put Cephalosha or Bazemore or Millsap. And LeBron is so good. <laughs> just none of those guys could stop him. And here's the thing. When he has teammates who are dropping it from three, that opens like him up to do work? so much more. 
Cephalosha, yeah. Bazemore, Millsap, none of them individually could match up. And trying to make it a team effort to stop LeBron only opened up the floor on the three and then only opened up the floor for LeBron. And so right. it, it, stopping LeBron didn't really happen. So Cleveland, which I thought was awesome, went to a lineup where you had Channing Fry, Kevin Love, uh, Kyrie Irving, LeBron, and J.R. Smith Finally. on the floor at the same time. Finally. Which was super, super interesting to watch because the, the gameplay going in was to put, you know, Cephalosha or Baysmore or Millsap in that, in that spot. Budenholzer went to that old school Spurs and just let LeBron shoot. Let him shoot it. See what happens. See if he can get himself going. If he can't, we're in really good shape. And he got himself going for three. He got himself going to the basket. He got he got everything going, and it, when that was happening, people had to clap. People had to leave their man, which allowed the Cavs to move the ball real quickly and just put on a clinic shooting threes in this series, unlike yeah. anything I had ever seen. Well, anything like any playoff series had ever seen. Uh, they almost set a record for threes in a series, but the other previous series that have had a team go for, I think it was 79 threes in a series, uh, went to seven games. They finished in four, and they got 77. Um, yeah. They it, were just it was on a level that I had never seen. I mean, game three itself, in the first half, the Cavs were 10 of 26 inside the three and 10 of 16 from three. So you had a team that was making as many threes as field goals in the first half of the game. I mean, they broke the record for single-game single, single game threes. Like, they were just off the charts good from three. And it was an incredible thing to watch. And, you know, I don't know that this can keep up for the Cavs. Uh, we will see after the eight days of rest they have going into uh, tomorrow night's game against the Raptors, game one. But I really think it was something to, to witness and to watch in that, that second-round match against the Hawks for the Cavs. Absolutely. Our second question was, will Kevin Love continue to make an impact for the Cavs? Well, he averaged 19 points a game, 13 boards a game, 47.5% from three. Uh, I'd say he continued to make an impact. On I would the say offense. that was an emphatic, emphatic yes from Kevin Love. Big time I would say yes. he made an impact on the, uh, the defensive end as well. Absolutely. So, I mean, in key points in these games three and four uh, for the Cavs, Kevin Love came up with big rebounds and his patented outlet passes to LeBron mm -hmm. to get easy baskets when the Cavs needed easy baskets to really close the door on the uh, on the Hawks. So it was he was making a major impact on both ends of the floor. He's picking himself up defensively. I think the matchup in the next round with the uh, the Hawks, the Raptors will allow him to. We'll get into this later, but same same type idea where he's going to be matched up against a guy who he can really take advantage of. So Kevin Love really keeping his. Uh, Keeping his good first round going, moving on to the second round against the Cat or against the Hawks, and possibly in round three against the Raptors. Yeah, definitely. I I definitely want to touch on the Hawks. You know, we've been talking up yeah. the Cavs. I was really disappointed in the Hawks. Um, I really was they, too. They, they go into it. They had a very very good defense, um, and I don't think I, I I don't think it's fair to be like, man, the Hawks should have stepped up because. I honestly think that they just were out star powered in this league or in this series. They just don't yeah. have the guys to take over on either side of the ball. And, um, I mean, I don't, I don't know what, what, if you're the Hawks, uh, if you're the Hawks GM, what, what do you, what, what's your plan? What, what are you doing with this team? Well, I think you see Dennis Schroeder as your point guard going forward. He Ooh. really emerged. Yes. Um, 
in in the series. So game one, he came out and had 27 and kept the Hawks in the game and was impressed with his play. And down the stretch in key points, in key times in that game, you saw Jeff Teague on the bench. You saw Ben Schroeder taking over that point guard role. So Jeff Teague has now become an incredibly expendable. Um, I think Dennis Schroeder is now your guy going forward. I mean, you've got Al Horford as a free agent this summer. Do you want to bring him back on a long contract when he is in his 30s already? Right. Um, lots of things you have to think about, lots of things you have to decide on. Uh, I mean, you've got Paul Millsap locked up for a while now. You've mm-hmm. got Dennis Schroeder as kind of your playground of the future. Kyle Corver's on the backside of his career. So yeah, definitely. This, but the thing is, you have a coach and a system that can produce wins. Yes. Maybe not winning at the highest level, but, I mean, in this day and age in the NBA, it's like, do you want to just be that four or five seed and kind of be run of the mill? Or do you just want to bottom out and go get yourself a, a star player in the draft and really try to rebuild from there? So, lots Absolutely. of questions for the Hawks going forward. I don't know that we're going to have answers to them this summer, but, I mean, hey, that's he, been a team that's been put together really well over the last three years. So, yes. I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to think I mean, they won 60 games last year. The front year. office can't do it. Yeah, I, I'm not going to think this front office can't pull something off, bringing in a, a major free agent, bringing in somebody that you know, can – I mean, Atlanta is one of the – I mean, according to Jalen Rose, Atlanta is maybe the best city for NBA people to live in. So I would not be surprised if that is a draw for somebody going uh, going into free agency this summer or going into free agency next summer. Um, but, no, I, I think I, I trust the process of what the Hawks are doing down there. Do you think that Dennis Schroeder knows that there's a 17 on the back of his head? Uh, based on the way that it was drawn, I think <laughs> somebody just put, I think somebody just put the bleach on their fingers and were just like rubbing the back of his head. He's like, oh, how do you do it? I and, definitely uh, think that. I don't, I don't think he. I don't think that he knew. I saw that and I was like, I oh man, this this must have been a prank. And I, and I, after the like game one, I was like, I wonder if he actually knows it's there. And I mean, obviously he has to know by now. But like, I will, I was legitimately thinking that somebody just pulled a prank on him, because it's possible that he did not know. Here's my question: Do you think that any person is conceited enough to put their own number on their head? Yeah. Did you not watch the <laughs> uh, the mid '90s of the basketball? True. When Good point. Uh, everybody was taking taking those buzzers and putting their names and numbers and stars and anything they could possibly think of on the side <laughs> of their heads. Look at a picture of Anthony Mason from the 1996 season. You tell me those guys aren't <laughs> to put, put their name or number in the side of their head and bleach or just cut right into their hair. I think uh, I think he I think he knew. I think uh, he knew, but I think it was also a, a thing that he was <laughs> dared to do. And he just did it. Um, last year, uh, because uh, of course, you know, NBA junkie, I have to watch anything that's even closely related to the NBA, uh, during all-star weekend, they had uh, a fashion show. I'm not even kidding because all these guys are getting so ridiculous with their clothes and they, Zach Levine was in it and they had like casual wear and he came out with a Minnesota twins baseball, uh, uniform, but it had number nine Levine on it. And Charles Barkley's like, "Are you kidding me, man? You this seriously? You a rookie? You a rookie? You got your own number? That what are you doing? It was awesome. Uh, Charles Barkley just ripped him for like, you can't put your own name on it. You, you're a rookie. You're not even playing baseball. What are you doing? It was great. Chuck, I'll say this: your uh, your Charles Barkley impression over the phone. 
pretty good. Pretty quality Charles Barkley impersonation. Hey, right. y'all, y'all knuckleheads. Um, <laughs> uh, moving on to our next series. Oh, oh, before I do that, of course, we have to get to our predictions. We're playing our game, and it's round yeah. two, double the points. Uh, all of us went Cleveland in five. It was Cleveland in four, and it wasn't close. Uh, everyone gets two points, so two points to all of us. Good job. Good work, nice everyone. Nice job, everybody. Two Way points. to go. Silver. Way to go. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm behind. I know. <laughs> he wasn't patronizing <laughs> you. He was. He was good job. Anyways, next series, uh, the number two Raptors, the number three Heat. Uh, this was a heck of a series, and by a heck of a series, I mean, I think everyone just kind of wanted it to be over. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that is the feeling amongst everybody that watched all of the games in the series that watched i'm pretty sure that's the attitude for most of the guys that played in the series i think they were all just like "Ooh, we just just get through this like can we just nobody nobody else please go down just let's just move through this come on um it was very disappointing to see both Hassan whiteside and Jonas valentulius go out in the middle um that was a fun battle that was that was i mean i we talked about this last week but you know White side had really kind of figured out, hey, if I just kind of wall up, hand straight up and stay down, I'm super effective. And he was really starting to figure out some things on the defensive end that were going to make him a lot better um, against Valanciunas. And then have him go to have him go down early in the series was just, as a basketball fan, really upsetting. So I wanted to see that matchup. I wanted to see how White side played against another big back-to-basket guy and how he was able to defend him, and we were robbed of that. So I was very disappointed that we didn't get to see that matchup. Well, you know who we did get to see was uh, Dwayne Wade. Your question that you put was, can Dwayne Wade continue to party or play like it's 1999? That was your your Prince reference for you. Uh, Can we do another, real quick, can we do another moment of silence for Prince because he deserved it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a real quick one. All right, solid work. Okay, I'm feeling 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 good about it. Feeling, no, that's good. It was good. Um, yeah. Dwayne Wade, thirty-four points, sixteen boards, three and a half assists, a steal. Uh, that was his average th- throughout the series. Oh yeah, he shot fifty percent from three. Dwayne yeah, Wade shot fifty percent from three. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. Du- no, but hold on. No, but like even if Dwayne Wade shot fifty percent from three, this man picked up his jump shot today. We're going to talk about putting some beef in your jump shot. Yes, he did. And this was a guy who hadn't made, before the the, 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 the Hornet series, he hadn't made a three since December. Since December. Even, we, we can't harp on that enough. He hadn't made a three since December of 2015. Like, I can't harp on that enough, but look at the numbers that he put up during the series. I mean, so he good. was the guy. I mean, to answer the next question, how bad did the Heat want the Cavs in the Eastern Conference Finals? He wanted it bad. Wait, he wanted the Cavs. He you wanted it what? bad. I really think that he would have given the Cavs everything they could handle. Oh, absolutely. Um, just from a mentality standpoint, from a veteran standpoint, the guys that he have, um, just from LeBron having the feel of going back to Miami and playing very important games, I feel like, again, we picked the Raptors, all of picked the Raptors, but I was feeling for the NBA and for storylines and for just interest of the Eastern Conference Finals, the Heat and the Cavs would have been a much more dynamic series. But not to you know, not to kill the Raptors. They 
came to play when right. they needed to come to play. DeMar DeRozan showed up with that bad thumb. Kyle Lowry just kind of the piecing together himself after going through a little bit of a slump here. Mm-hmm. Um, looks, like he's, looks like he's turned the corner on that. So I don't want to diminish what the Raptors did in the series because they played very well. Yeah. Um, but their, their two stars figured it out when they had to in DeRozan and, and Lowry. So As... that was great to see. But Dwayne, but Dwayne Wade was off the charts good in this series. Yeah, that's what we were talking about. We didn't want this series to end. And by that, we mean we really did want it to end as quickly as possible. I didn't want Dwayne Wade's game to end. Like, I just wanted to keep watching him play in the playoffs. Um, And I have a question for you. Do you think this is the last great Dwayne Wade we see? And I don't mean like we're not going to he's retiring. He's not going to be playing again. But do you ever think that we'll see him playing at this level again? I'm going to say yes, and here's why. Mm-hmm. I think this summer the Heat are going to pull off a lot of moves that reinvigorate Dwayne Wade. Oh, of course. I, I mean, you have Pat think, Riley with cap space. Yeah. That's going to be something. Make, they're you're kind of going into this. You're, you're seeing some other teams kind of position themselves to, to bring in some, some notable free agents. And I think the Heat have always done this. And I think they're going to do it again this summer. If not this summer, next summer. There's going to be a large-name player in Miami to start next season, I believe, in my opinion. I think uh, that yeah, will kind I of agree. read. I think that whoever that player may be, I think they're going to see, wow, Dwayne Wade still has this in the tank. I want to go play with that guy. Like, I want to be a part of what that guy's doing. Maybe not night in, night out for the 82 games of the, the grind of regular season, but if I can get, if I can get us to the playoffs, you know, I mean, crazy thought would be can can they somehow get Whiteside back and bring in like an Al Horford? Like right. that's a pretty dangerous lineup. Um, obviously, not even looking at any statistics or any any type of uh, of data or anything like that. But that would be an interesting thing to, to bring in. But I think they're going to bring somebody of note into that franchise. I think it's going to reinvigorate Dwayne Wade. I think he's going to kind of play out these next couple of years at a, at a high level when he's on the floor. Do you, do you want to know who I think that they uh, want to target? Because I think that they have somebody who could fit a role very well for them. Play it on me. Yeah, they have Luol Deng, this long guy who can really play D well and, and shoot three when he needs to. And he, th- there's another guy like this who's younger in the league who, sure, may be coming off of some injuries, but he's going to be a free agent. Who do you think I'm going for? Play it on us. Do it. Nick Batum. I think he'd be perfect. I think he could fit that, that role as as yeah. Luol Deng is is, you know, sliding out of his peak. I think that Nick Batum is in the middle of his now. He still has to get over his injuries because I mean, first off, that Achilles isn't going to heal in a year all the way, and right. so it, getting him back into shape just in general, I think it was going to take some time to begin with. Um, I think that he could be a perfect fit for this Miami team. I think he could be a perfect fit anywhere. Just, That's I, awesome. I really, I just like Nick Batum. Like we talked about this in trade deadline, I really wanted the uh, the Thunder to go get Nick Batum. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think he's just a great player. Really going to fit anywhere. But yeah, he could fit into that that three and D role that the uh, the Heat needs. So absolutely. To answer your question, is Dwayne Wade uh, is this the last that we've seen? I don't think it is. I think okay. we I think we see a little more of it going forward. Yeah, I think see a little more Dwayne Wade doing well. Awesome. Uh, I took the Raptors in six. Both you and Gyro went Raptors in seven. 
Look at that, Dover. You got it. You got six points out of this one. Yeah. Good work. Yeah. Second Good work. round better than the first. Yeah. Well, the second round we get double the points. So uh, you get the team right. You get the games right. You got six. So Dan, you got six as well. I went with. I got two. What are you gonna do? Um, the Raptors played well. We're gonna talk more about the Raptors here in a little bit. So let's keep moving on. Uh, the yeah. Western Conference. We had Golden State versus Portland. Uh, the first question that we posed was: Is Steph Curry the most important player on the Warriors? And man, now, did Draymond Green show up? I mean, so we know that he's the most valuable player of the league. And yeah, oh, well, not if you ask LeBron we, because he doesn't know the meaning of the true. word value. That's true. He doesn't. He doesn't. That's like Phil Clinton not knowing what is means. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, good call. So good call. It's a little. It's a little political joke thrown in there. Nice. Um, very. Yeah, very so topical. Is he the most? Is he the most important player? on the Warriors. And I, I think there's a lot to argue here. I want to, again, we talked about this last week, we brought up the push. I don't want to diminish Steph because Steph is absolutely phenomenal. But the things that Draymond Green brings to the table for this Warriors team, I don't know that you can replicate it with anybody else in the franchise. So I think if he were to be the one that were to go out, I think it would be much more detrimental to the Warriors as opposed to Steph going out. Because some of the stuff, you can't fully recreate Steph. I don't want to get don't want anyone to think that we're trying to diminish Steph here, but I mean, the numbers he put up against Portland, 22 points, 11.2 boards, mm -hmm. 7.4 assists, and 3.2 blocks. Yup. I mean, Man. it's ridiculous. It's how crazy. Is. And he can guard all five guys. Like, it's, it's incredible six, what he does. He's 6'7". Yeah. He's also the most valuable uh, mouth. I mean, like, his, yes. just like, his, his energy, his, um, his attitude on the court, I, it's it's it, it, you can't calculate how much that means to that team. Speaking speaking of his mouth, this may be out of line a little bit, but I was I, as I watch his press conferences, you know when you're watching like a YouTube video and the mouth and the words don't fully fit up perfectly. Yeah. Huh? When he when he talks, I kind of feel like the <laughs> the sound in his mouth aren't like fully meshed perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like it's just a little off. I don't maybe know that I've ever noticed that. I'm gonna maybe you have a weird TV. I'm I'm now gonna look up videos later, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna next time gonna next this. time you watch a Draymond Green post game conference, just watch the way his mouth moves and how he talks. It, it just doesn't feel like it's fit the right <laughs> way. That's awesome. Um, our next question was: Will Festus Zeli rise from the dead? And um. You know, maybe we haven't seen what Festus Azili is really going to do. He's he's a great athletic boost off the bench. Um, with Bogut getting injured, he may play a huge part in the next round, and we'll talk about that a little later. Uh, he got right, right. He got eight or so points in a couple of different games. He didn't play in game one, but when he had to come in, um, he was real killer on defense. Um, yeah. Then again, he was against the Portland Bigs, and by the Portland Bigs, I mean the bench of the Portland Bigs. Um, right. And so, you know, the, the matchup wasn't what wasn't up to normal standards. And so we'll, we'll see what he does, especially if Bogut can't go. Um, we'll, we'll see what Festus Zilli turns into. Uh, you put a note down about Damian Lillard, and I think that you should share this because it's very important. Well, well, um, we'll, we'll, we'll leave with this and I have a question for you. So go ahead. the note that I put in here is that Damian Lillard is a bad dude. Like, oh, he is. Time. So good. Oh, I mean, if you're just looking up some of the statistics here, he went for 31.8 points per game, 7.6 assists. He was off the charts good 
in this series, um, which begs the question for me to ask you, uh-huh. take out Steph from the Warriors yeah, and insert Damian Lillard into that point guard role. Yes. Do the Warriors miss much of a beat if Dame is their go-to point guard and Steph is not on that squad? I think that they what are win, your thoughts on that? I think they win 69 games. Um, 59 or 59 I said 69. Or 69. I th- they would yeah. win four less. Like I think gotcha. um yeah. I mean and it's it's one for one where they are in their um in their careers right now at this very moment Steph has an MVP in his pocket. He has a championship in his pocket. He has uh just uh, the world of growing up in the NBA experience that Damian Lillard doesn't have and that is the yeah. four games difference. Honestly, yeah. that's about it. Uh, yeah. Damian Lillard is so good, and his skill set matches with with Steph's very, very well. Um, yeah, he he started pulling up from you know from the the uh, the Owen Oracle. You know, uh, he right. was he was there. He was doing the heat checks when he didn't need to. It's he's amazing. He's so good. He's very quick. He can get to the rim when he wants to. If so, if you give him any space, it, 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 you're, you're done. Cause then he can shoot it out uh, from outside and it, it's over. It, he, he doesn't have as quick of a, of a release. Uh, I mean, yeah, obviously no, there's, no, obviously there's going to be like nitpicky things that are just a little different, but yeah, honestly, I think he's great. I think he's phenomenal. And um, yeah. if his team why I, I if they had two I, I honestly if they had Lamarcus Aldridge still, Damian Lillard may have been third in MVP voting. It's possible. I mean, he. I feel like I don't want this to go again. We don't want to diminish Steph. Steph is phenomenal, but oh, so that's amazing. Yeah, we know that. Did, yeah. What Dame Lillard did this season by putting that Portland Trailblazers franchise on his back and willing them to be a playoff team after everyone had written them off a second round playoff yeah. team and taking oh, right. a game I from the warriors now kind of a second round <laughs> playoff team. you, know, you like, still got to play the game when you lose blake griffin and chris paul it's tough to really like fully feel like you're a full playoff team in the second round but they did it so but no, the thing with dame is if you switch the two out i don't now we've seen steph carry a college team right to heights that no one ever imagined at Davidson. So we know he's capable of doing that, but we don't know if he's capable of doing it at the NBA level because like, like he came along at the same time as like he and Clay came along together, Draymond came along together. So they've had this really good nucleus guy. Right. So it's a fantastic job of bringing up together. The thing we've never seen him do is carry a franchise by himself. Right. Now we'll find out in a couple of, we'll find out in a couple of years when he goes down to Charlotte to take over the Hornets. We'll find out You then. shut your mouth. You <laughs> shut your mouth. I can't believe you but, just pulled uh, the Tate Frazier bomb. I am so mad at you. I know. How could I you know. do that? Uh, but, for so, for, no, for Dave, context, Tate, is, Tate Frazier is a producer yeah. for the Bill Simmons podcast, and he believe, he's from Carolina, North Carolina, and he thinks that Steph is going to move to the Charlotte Hornets after he's oh. finished with the Warriors. So I'm not stealing that from him. That's been, uh, my, my brother lives in Charlotte, and – People in Charlotte have thought this ever since the emergence of Steph Curry. Really? He's coming back. Oh, yeah. People in Charlotte, anytime he comes to the building, it's like the red carpet is rolled out. They are just like, Steph, please just come. Come back and play. This is like Durant with the Wizards this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, no, 
this has been a topic of discussion with people in Charlotte for quite some time. So, but anyway, besides the point, uh, <laughs> Dame, Dame has carried an NBA franchise to a second round playoff series mm-hmm. with not a ton around. Alfred Aminu played really well in this series. I think he is a guy that you can build with going forward with that franchise uh, in Portland. But Dame really is a guy who's making this team go. And he, I, I don't have enough superlatives to say about how great he is. The thing he does that I love is as a right-handed shooter who kind of pulls from that left pocket of the hip mm-hmm. to his shooting pocket, the thing he does that many right-handed shooters have a lot of trouble with, if he has a step-back move going to his right that is so quick and so dynamic from three, that not a lot of right-handed shooters can do. Now, Steph has this in his pocket because Steph can do anything from anywhere. But Dame might be the other guy in the NBA that has this right-handed attack step back down pat. And I cannot wait to see what the Blazers do in the offseason, how they continue to build this franchise around Dame, because I think really good things are going to come to Portland in the future. Another note about Damian Lillard is he was able to kind of bust the EA cover curse. In case you were wondering, yeah. EA Sports has a basketball uh, franchise, or yeah, yeah, I mean a basketball Still. game that they do, yeah. NBA Live that they yeah. brought back last year. And who was the cover athlete? Uh, Kyrie Irving. And uh, who got injured in the finals? And then the Cavs lost the finals. Uh, Kyrie Irving. Um, yes, it was. Now Damian Lillard was put on the cover, and then four of his teammates uh, left in the off season. So you may have said that the curse hit him already, but he was a freaking pro all year long. He, he busted his butt all year long. He didn't go down with injury. I mean, I mean, you can count. He missed the all-star game. Maybe that was his, that was his curse, but that nothing left his control and he didn't get injured. He stayed with it the whole time and he was a boss the whole time. Um, I hope he, I hope he keeps getting left out of the all-star game only because <laughs> Because of the single seal drop? Chip. Yeah, just because he has this, his giant chip that keeps building up on his shoulder and it yeah. just makes him play at such a greater level and it's really fun to watch him play like that. I just I just like it for the uh, the rap uh, singles he drops on, on SoundCloud. You can find him at Dame yeah. Gala. He's so good. Anyways, I, can't. Uh, yes. I had... Uh, <laughs> I had Golden State in in five, so that gets me six points. I had them with the gentleman sweep. Uh, Dan, you and Dover both went Golden State in four, so you guys get two each. Uh, San Antonio, Oklahoma City. Now here is the actual series that nobody ever wanted to end. Oh yeah, my gosh! And this was, so was this was the series that I was very excited about. Um, and it did not disappoint. It did not disappoint in one bit because it had. And then almost anything and everything you can think of in a series, we had fans grabbing guys on the floor. We had Durant playing at a high level. We had Tony Parker playing at a high level. We had Tim Duncan we get around. Manu um, Ginobili getting elbowed from the from Dion Waiters. Yeah, pushing people in the chest and just a speaking Dion of Dion Waiters, we had Dion Waiters playing friggin' basketball. Really well. We had a Dion Waiters By sighting. All of us. Um, but yeah, let's. let's Let's jump into the questions that we had. Yeah, the uh, first one we had was, uh, will Russell Westbrook break? I was wondering if this was going to be the series. I thought that, you know, we saw that game one where the Spurs just took over everything. And I yeah. thought that there could be a point that Russell Westbrook hits that he just gets so frustrated and he just mentally breaks. And he yeah. didn't. 
Um, even after that game close. one, even what, well, even after that game were, one, he 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 yeah. took a beat, and whew, he played his butt off. He played it the right way too. I mean, he. He is my favorite player to watch in the NBA. Like we, we talked about this at the beginning of the podcast. I mean, very first, who do we like to watch? Right. I can't stop watching this guy play basketball. Uh, the Spurs had no answer for him attacking their entire team in the fast break. That's what the difference of the series was. Is two differences here. So we had the the Thunder that were able to close down games in crunch time. Uh, second, you had no answer for what Russell Westbrook could do off of a rebound and attacking all four of the Spurs players in transition. And you saw a couple times during the series where Popovich was called timeout and just like I don't, I, I don't know what to do. With right. It. Like there's, there's no, there's nothing we can do where we have the most athletic, fast human being on the planet rebounding the ball over top of our center and power forward, sprinting out full speed making a Euro step around two of our guys and then getting a layup. <laughs> There's nothing you can do about right. it. Uh, and his, it was his one-man fast break that was that I feel like took the thunder over the edge. Um, shoot, there were a couple There were a couple points in the game, I think it was game three, where he was along the right side of the floor. He made this little quick hesitation move and bolted out of the blocks like you say in Bolt in the 100-meter dash uh-huh. and then jumped in the lane from the baseline toward the free throw line away from Aldridge and made a left handed layup going away from the basket. Yeah. I have watched I've watched that play probably about ten times <laughs> since that game because I, I I recorded the series and recorded that game and course, all the games, but like I watched that play over and over again. Mm-hmm. It was like when you're playing we were talking about two K and NBA Live, like when you're running with a player and then all of a sudden you are not using turbo and then you're using turbo yeah but like with westbrook it's like you're using the turbo all the time it's constantly and then extra and then extra turbo he can go to that nobody else can go to because man the guy is unreal and he was at the height of his powers in this series so and when he starts i mean he had the, the game four three-pointer for about 60 beyond the arc and four in the fourth quarter and when he does that there is no stopping him because you have to try to you have to try to defend him from shooting jump shots. And if you're coming up that close to him, he will go around you in an instant because he is that fast. It's like a lightning strike. I have a semi-serious question about Russell Westbrook. Do Do you think that there is actual backlash that he has to deal with when he shows up for different games in ridiculous outfits? Like, is there somebody asking him? Is somebody holding him accountable to this? Or are we just I letting mean, this go? So we didn't talk about this, but I had this thought the other day where is the NBA dress code not in effect anymore? Here's the thing. I remember I yeah. remember David Stern was like, shirt and tie. And now these guys are like, the last game that I remember watching Russell Westbrook was watching, it was, it was a tattered T-shirt and ripped up jeans. I'm sure, like, What's, that's what's hot on the streets these days. I don't know. I like my jeans to be fully full free right now, but I'm not that cool. So, today, today he showed up with a $775 silk shirt that was plain. It was just orange on the sleeves. It had, uh, I, I believe it had Chinese symbols on it. I didn't get a good look at it. And, it, but, and nope. then the sleeves were like 
about a foot longer, maybe maybe eighteen inches longer than they needed to be. Um, he, it's it's almost unbelievable. But here's the thing: you talk about the um, the dress code. The dress code is only in effect on the bench when they're showing up right. to games. That is, it, that doesn't matter. So if it's somebody who's playing and he if, if there's he, when he's on the bench, he's going to be in his uniform. They don't have to worry about what they're showing up in because they're not going to have to wear matter. it out on the court. It doesn't matter. But I, yeah, his, uh, his, his, his his style is very unique. I'll just put it that way. I'm not going to call Justin. it style. I think it looks ridiculous. Um, yeah, I would agree with you. I don't necessarily enjoy it. Uh, those are <laughs> things that I wouldn't choose. But then again, I'm not one of the seven best basketball players on planet Earth right now. And That's don't really true. have the opportunity to choose those kind of stylistic choices. Do you think that the every girl has any opinions on Russell Westbrook fashion? I am sure the every girl has all kinds of opinions on him. And you know what? I bet they're probably pretty good. I bet I would so. assume that the every girl loves every Russell Westbrook choice. Uh, for context, while we were getting started, um, we were talking with um, Dan's girlfriend, Ruth, and uh, she was on theeverygirl.com, and I was trying to figure out if she is every girl, if she has opinions for every girl, or if her opinion counts for every girl. I couldn't figure it out. I think it's... I think it's all of the above. She's yeah, just yeah, working for all. she's working for all of them. She's working out there, just getting all of the girls' opinions and get them out <laughs> there and get into the streets. Every girl, <laughs> every girl. Thank you, Dover. Yep. Um, the our other question was: Can the Thunder recreate their success against the Spurs in the 2012 playoffs? Yeah, uh, yes, yeah, it yes. Was a, yeah, they a complete could. recreation of that. Yeah, well, uh, and and the biggest part of that was role players playing above where they had in the past i i'm not going to say above yeah. their ability because obviously it's their ability if they did it um but it's i mean waiters stepping up in a big way we just talked about that roberson uh going for double digits in a game while playing decent defense adams showing yeah. himself as a legitimate big man in the nba those are the things that that happened in this in the series to really make the thunder take the next step yeah, I think Roberson made the, the almost the play of the series with the late in game six. Kawhi and him are both diving after a ball. He oh comes yeah, up with it, picks it up and dribbles and kind of steps around Kawhi and gets a layup. That that got the the Thunder bench just mm -hmm. out of control, and oh, yeah. there was really no turning back after that. And Stephen Adams really playing like a lottery pick. Mm. Man, no kidding, he was incredible incredible in this in this series um i mean early on in the series you had lamarcus really taking advantage of both Ibaka and adams but as the series wore on the the thunder did a great job of sitting on lamarcus's left shoulder and forcing him to spin over his right and use that left hook mm -hmm. and they were they were very disciplined in that after game two and saying hey we're going to give you this left turn around over your right shoulder. It's a tougher shot for you, but we'll live with you making that one as opposed to the little shimmy shake turning over your left shoulder and, and shooting a hook or shooting the, the turnaround jumper. Um, but guys like Adam, I, I was blown away with how, how effective Steven Adams was in this series. I was very impressed by his play. Honestly, it makes me a little disappointed because uh, as detrimental as the Harden trade is, like it, it is uh, infamously terrible. Um, yeah. 
if Steven Adams keeps up the play that he has now and, and it and he is this player going forward, future generations will not understand how how insane the Harden trade was. It's like, oh, well, you know, it, they got Steven Adams, who is not just a serviceable guy. You know, he played pretty well in the playoffs. And who knows? Maybe he'll make yeah. an all-star game or two. It's like, oh, it wasn't a horrible player. Okay, but really, really, it was one of the worst trades we've ever seen ever. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I, I just, I don't, I, I, I would hate for uh, in, in 10 years for somebody to look back on that and go, you know, it wasn't that bad. No, it was horrible. Yeah. It's terrible, and I hope that we we uh, understand that and we have that, we keep that significance no matter how well Stephen Adams is actually playing. Um, Very true. Very true. Smart. I went with uh, San Antonio in five. <laughs> did not work out. Dover went with San Antonio in six. Still did not work out. Also did not work out. Dan, Thunder, Thunder in six. Thunder, Thunder in six. Dude, you I, nailed it. I, I should have gone with. My I've team. had this. I've had this feeling going into the, the playoffs that there's, there's something that's going to click with this Thunder team. And I've just stuck to it, and I'm going to continue to stick to it. Um, so, yeah, I had, I had Thunder in six and had a correct Thunder in six. Yep, I should have gone with my second favorite team, the Thunder, but I didn't because my gut said, the Spurs are good. <laughs> Dover owns more than two pieces of Thunder apparel. And he picked against them in the second round. It's, it, yeah, not my best decision <laughs> ever. But hey, sometimes you just gotta go with your gut, and your gut was way wrong. Earth, R- wrong. Way wrong this time. <laughs> uh, Dan, you actually got every single team right. Uh, so good job. If this was a bracket, oh, you would have done well. Um, you're leading we're, with. We're the, per- we're the professionals here, so we have to get these things right sometimes, right? Sometimes. I, could you call us professionals? I would say that no. we are aspiring amateurs. Yes, there we go. Thanks. Good, good way of putting it. Thank you, uh, Dan. You have twenty-eight points. I, I have twenty-two. Dover at seventeen. A lot better than that. Seven. Still in the hunt. Uh, and again, as still in the hunt. as the playoffs keep rolling, as the rounds keep going up, the points are going to keep going up. So we're going to have it's going to be it's going to be uh, three points for the correct team, and then nine points for the correct. Or should we do four points for the correct team? And twelve points for so the correct like amount of games. Doubles Ooh. again. Yeah. Doubles yeah. again. What do you think, guys? What do you think? Three and nine? I like or four and twelve. The finals would just I be think the finals would be, be uh eight holy, and twenty four. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think that sounds better. Okay, Let's all right. Do it. Cool. Let's do the, the bigger points. All right, bigger points it is. So uh next round where it's gonna be four points if you get the team right. It's gonna be t- uh twelve points if you get the correct amount of games as well. Um, we did two questions for round two, so we're at round three. How many questions should we do? Twelve. No, three. Good, Dover. Uh, three, because that's how many we have down. I didn't, I didn't prepare for twelve. Twelve is questions. a lot, Dan. <laughs> Come well, on, you're over the phone. What are you doing? Seven games, Eastern Conference Finals, Western Conference Finals. I don't know. I Seven plus five equals twelve. <laughs> well, I think we should start. Um, start. With with a fun series and then move to the amazing series. How's that sound? Should we go east to west? That sounds great. Let's just do it. just like uh, George Washington, going east to west. Yes, um, exactly. There's a that was a, a Hamilton joke in case room, anyone was room wondering. Where it happened, um, uh, so Cleveland number one, Toronto number two. Look at that. The Toronto Raptors are in the conference finals. Congratulations, Drake. 
man, Good just for that. what a moment for him. Um, I I want my my first question that I wrote down immediately. And if you're looking at our show notes, it's the second question. But I wanted to make it look like I wasn't as eager to talk about him. Uh, Drake, right. how much attention will Drake get? Was actually the first question I wrote down. Um, because he has a new album that just came out. He was on SNL the other night, and now his favorite team is in the conference finals against LeBron James. I think, I honestly think it's LeBron James versus Drake, and Drake just shaved his beard, so he's going down. I'm gonna let you stick to the rap battle talk. So okay. I'm gonna let you just take. I'm gonna I'm gonna let you take that question, and you can run with it. Oh, absolutely. Well, he's gonna I'll get think, a ton I'll of attention. I'll take the second one. I promise. Yeah, I know it'll be it'll be every game, multiple times a game. Right. Um, so this this these of course are our questions that we're asking, and we won't have we're going to speculate on the answers. We won't actually have answers until the end of the series, no. so we'll find them out. Um, the other question I posed was, who will win the backcourt battle? And uh, what I meant by this is Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan, you know, as well as their team is progressing, they have not played to their potential in uh, the playoffs so far. And really my point was, if they don't win the backcourt battle, if if those two guys are outplayed. Well, those two and Corey Joseph and Norman Powell and Terrence Ross are outplayed by uh, Kyrie Irving and uh, J.R. Smith and Matt Delavadova and and Shumpert. The Raptors do not stand a chance. They don't no. stand a chance. If they, they can't don't. win the backcourt battle, they're done, and it's going to be over very quick. Yeah. I think that's the Cavs are trying to go after. Uh, I would not be surprised if game one the Cavs tried to throw a Mike Tyson-like haymaker to try to just set the tone to a series and say, hey, we're going to lock this thing up before. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if in trying to do that, the Raptors hang around and hang around and hang around because the Cavs are going to try to swing to the fences on every shot they take. Um, so I think the series is going to be a little more interesting game by game than some might think. Yes. Um, but with the backcourt battle, I think Kyle Lowry is, is whatever he has been struggling with, I think he's starting to figure it out. Um, DeMar Rosa has the thumb. I really hope it's ready to go. Uh, between those two, man, this could be a very, very interesting backcourt uh, battle. Yeah, I, I have a theory. Now, we've been seeing a lot more because of his thumb. We've been seeing a lot more of Corey Joseph playing for the Raptors right. in the last series. Uh, first off, Corey Joseph won an NBA Finals. Um, he's yeah. a, he's an NBA champion uh, with the San Antonio Spurs. Um, he didn't play, you know, the biggest minutes, but he had a role on one of the better teams we've seen in the last five years. Um, right. We, I think that he is better than most people expect, especially on the defensive end. And if I'm Dwayne Casey, uh, that's not true. If I'm the head coach of the Toronto Raptors, uh, I'm, I am playing uh, Corey Joseph a lot more on Kyrie Irving because I think oh, that absolutely. if anybody's going to slow him down on your team and not hold you back, I think that I think that Corey Joseph could handle it. Um, that, if, yeah, and on the flip side, if I am Teron Liu, I'm throwing Matthew Delvadova all over. Kyle Lowry, absolutely, to be a nuisance. Oh yeah, just to be super annoying, because if anybody can do it, it's Matthew Dillon Right now, I mean, if 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 Kyle Lowry is not going to be making shots, he's got to be a facilitator. And if he has Matt Dillon all over him, it's not going to happen. So, 
Um, yeah. I just I really stumbled over the name Della Vadova, and so I wanted another try at it. So I said Della Vadova. All right, I got it. I just wanted I nailed it. I I tripped and fell in the middle of it. It was it was horrible. Um, yeah, but then you tripped and fell on a banana peel, and you just slid, and you're like, oh, I'm totally cool. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Aziz. I'm sorry. That was a yeah. That was a Jay Z Aziz Ansari joke. Um, yes, it was. Will, credit where credit's due. <laughs> Will Toronto try to defend the three-point line? I love that you say, <laughs> will they try to defend it? I think they've been trying the whole time. They've just been horrible at it. No, no, no. How? How will they how <laughs> No, will no, they no, no. I took out the word how. I just put will. I know you did. <laughs> will they try? Maybe. <laughs> I, I I don't know. How are they going to do it? They've been horrible. I They're mean, 29th in the league I mean, in the regular season. 37.3. Yeah. Their their opponents are 37.3%. Uh, 29th yeah, is not very good. Especially when you have a Cavs team who is off of the charts shooting threes right now. Like, they are in a different world shooting threes. I mean, this is what the series would come down to. If, they, if the Cavs come down to earth in shooting the ball, it will be a series. If they continue to shoot the ball like they did against the Hawks and against the Pistons, this will be over very fast. But just statistically, I'm feeling like the Cavs cannot continue to shoot the three as well if they've been shooting it. So I think it's going to be a little more, a little more knockdown grind out than uh, than the the Hawks series, just based on the the shooting. But to, to answer the question, how will they try to defend the three? Just sprint out and try your best to get guys running off the point line. <laughs> run and run and try hard. That sounds like the actual advice I give my youth basketball team. I, I run and try hard. <laughs> well, no, sorry, sorry. When I say run out, I mean on the on the closeout. I know what you mean. Everything should make the guys dribble away from the three point line as opposed to stand there and catch and shoot. I know. No, I know what you meant. <laughs> that it sounds exactly like what I tell my guys. I run and hustle. <laughs> yes, just, just just turn those little legs and get them moving. You get got out there. You got this. Get on them like white on rice. <laughs> like white on rice. That's one of the I yell that on defense all the time. Get on them like white on rice. Um, That's a good one. Dover, what, do you do you remember the two things that I tell our players to focus on? What oh, are the two things? Oh, I was like, um, if you do these two things well, we're gonna win no matter what. Uh, defense and and fun. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. Uh, defensive boards. Yeah. If you play good defense and you control the boards, the offense will come, and I'm not worried. <laughs> That's what I tell my team. Anyways. It's a sound, it's a sound strategy. And fun. Um, I'm taking Cleveland in four, and full disclosure, uh, when the Cavaliers won their game, I was updating our document to put Cleveland in as the Eastern Conference uh, finals participant. And I already wrote down Cleveland in four. I didn't even wait to see what happened in the other series. I'm putting Cleveland in four. Uh, Dan, Dover, you guys both have Cleveland in five. Um, I think that's more realistic, but I like my boldness. Yeah. I like my boldness. So I'm, I'm saying on my level, point. 12 and 0, 12 and 0. Oh, let the record show that Kevin Love has never lost a, a playoff game in his career yet. Um, that's... that's that's happening. That's a good stat. That's a very good stat. Who would have thought? It only took him five years to get there, but he's really good at it, apparently. Um, the next series, we got Golden State with the number one seed, and Oklahoma City upset the the two seed um, San Antonio Spurs. Now they are in the Western Conference Finals 
Our first question, how will the Warriors try to manage Westbrook? That's an excellent yeah, question. I don't know. I don't know either. I really don't know. I have no clue. I have no idea. I my, don't know what you're trying to do to this guy. My my thought I mean, would be to put to put Clay Thompson on him, but like if if you have Clay Thompson getting run by Russell Westbrook for 32 minutes, he he it's gonna be he's gonna have tough legs to get up some threes. You know, like that's yeah, so that, that's gonna that be is, real rough. Yeah, and you have to expend so much energy to try to defend this guy, right? That you're losing out on play at the other end almost because you have to use so much to try to keep him just in check uh, throughout the series. And I mean, running off of Stephen Adams' ball screen, possession after possession, just wears on you. I mean, right. that is something that you just don't want to have to mess with every time down the floor. So I don't know how often they put Clay on him. I think he's the guy that's going to start on him, mm-hmm. but. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. I think it'd be kind of cool for a couple series uh, or for a couple of possessions during the series. They throw a Draymond on him, try to rough him up a little bit, yes. try to push him around, try to match alpha for alpha. Yeah. I think it'd be kind of cool. Um, well, kind of just send a message. They've definitely pulled the move where, um, for example, I'll, I'll use um, last year's finals where they just put anybody on Timothy Mozgov. And they're like, we'll, we'll right. just, we'll put. We'll put Steph Curry on Timothy Moskov. It doesn't matter just to get um, Draymond Green on a harder defender, especially in this small ball lineup. So I wouldn't be yeah. surprised if they have Harrison Barnes is is uh, guarding um, is guarding uh, Stephen Adams at some point because they have to be able to handle not just Russ but Kevin Durant as well. So if they're putting Draymond on Russ, they've got to put uh, Iggy on on Durant or or Clay on Durant or, or somebody on Durant because they got to card yeah. him too. Um, and right. That's well, going to be the real, that's going to be the real problem. The thing they will have going for them though, is they can give Andre Roberson, the or sorry, Robertson, the Tony Allen treatment. Where yes. Like, yes. Like absolutely. he's not going to have another career game like he did against the Spurs. So you kind of just sit in the corner and say, all right, we're going to play our fifth defender kind of just in the paint and be a complete nuisance to Durant and Westbrook. So that chess match, trying to figure that out, I think will be really fun. But how do they how do they try to manage Westbrook? I, don't know. I mean, when he gets when he gets a defensive rebound and goes, there really isn't anything you can do. Um, except we're trying to foul him, I think. That's your best bet. So lots of fouls in the open court before Russell Westbrook gets past half court. Mm-hmm. That's how I would try to manage him. And and that that'll go great into our next question, which is which style will win out the bigs from OKC or the death lineup from Golden State when they're in that small ball lineup? What are they going to do to manage their defensive matchups? How are they going to be able to make those changes? Um, are they, how are they going to make sure they have everybody covered? What are they going to do with Stephen Adams? What what are they right. going to do with Dion Waiters if Dion Waiters starts showing up again? Um, exactly. So it, it's it's going to be a huge question mark, um, and will lead to the answer of can the tandem of Durant and Westbrook get back to the finals? And you know, not just this year, but any year, really. I mean, this, this is a long term yeah. question, but it, it'll be answered shortly, uh, or at least temporarily answered shortly uh, at the end of the series. My answer is no, at least for this year. I got Golden State yeah. in five. In you got Golden five. State in five. I had them in six I earlier. Just changed I it. just changed it. I had it in six, and I changed it to five. Because here, I, Golden State's going to win the first two. They're going to lose the th- game three, and then they're going to win game four, 
And I mean, you're down three one going back to the Oracle. They don't you, Thunder don't stand a chance. They're gonna take care of it in five. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sticking I'm sticking to what I went with. Um, I guess the Spurs. I'm thinking OKC okay, and six. I had, you know, we had off air talked about who we're gonna who we're gonna pick going into the postseason. I picked OKC to go to the finals, and I'm sticking to it. I'm sticking OKC and six. Uh, I think Durant is the one that the Warriors did not want. I don't think yes. they wanted anything to do with Durant. They don't have a guy like Kawhi you can throw at him and really make things tough. Iguodala can try, but he's only 6'6". And despite what the uh, the ESPN.com listings say, Durant's 7 feet tall. He's right. not 6'9". Well, according to the he, girls he talks to. Right, yeah. If he's talking to a girl like <laughs> 7 foot. If he's talking to NBA people, he's 6'9". He's, six nine. he's listed as a small forward. Um, <laughs> I think he is, he is the guy they did not want to see. Um, and I think... He proves that in this series. He has a couple of the Durant what is going on games where he has 45 points and you're just like, well, he's hitting step backs and he's hitting threes and he's hitting the rim and there's nothing we can do. Um, I think OKC and six. I'm going to stick to it. Dover, who you got? I'm going with my team this time, OKC, but I a little less confident seven games. Here's the thing, it's your gonna be team. A hard, it's going to be a hard. You series. own multiple Cavs shirts and multiple I, Thunder shirts. That is true. So it makes me disrespect you teams. a little bit. I have two. One teams. in the East, one in the West, yes. just in case. What no, are you going to do if they both make it? I am going to love everything. Are you going to wear your OKC shorts with your Cavs shirt? I might. I'm. You're the worst. I hate you. And just sit with you and love every minute of it. <sighs> I, and I, I won't watch those games. <laughs> I've got news for you. <laughs> no, I will. I'll watch them, man. but I'll be uh, really upset about it. Um, you know, that's uh, that's just how I'd feel if that all happened. Um, speaking of feelings, uh, we're gonna, we, we had a couple news topics come up, and uh, we had a segment that we had in our first episode. First episode? Second episode? We had it early on. Uh, it's, called, on. it's called, how do you really feel? Feel. How, how do you really feel? It, it's it's to get really feel? to to get our actual opinions on uh, on different topics around the NBA, um, and so we have our first we have our first one. Uh, the 76ers have officially sold space on their jerseys for ads. They sold it to StubHub. StubHub. I almost said SeatGeek. StubHub. That's right. Um, and so this the the trend is beginning. I mean the the. Uh, the NBA uniforms are going to have advertising on it. Now, how big is this ad? Does oh, it's know? it's it's going to be on the on the shoulder. On the shoulder. And okay. I'm pointing to it, but nobody can see that. Yeah, this is an um, audio file. Yeah, it's yeah, it's not going to be very. It's like t- t- two inches by four inches. So or something. so so not like the it's like a WNBA no, stuff. It's one little decal. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's better. So, we're not talking like Euro Euro League soccer jerseys. We're talking right. like a little decal top right uniform. So this poses the question, Dan. Do you mind? Do you mind doing the honors of posing the question? I would love to do the question. Hey Chuck P. Uh, when it comes to uniforms and the space being sold for ads on them, and the Seventy Sixers jumping on board, how do you really feel? I love it. I love it. You know why? Because there's nothing wrong it? with it. There's nothing, nothing wrong, wrong with this with at all. Because first off, it generates revenue. Money in the NBA is good. 
when the for when the league is making more money, it's good. There's like end conversation. B, who really cares that much if there's going to be a small decal on it? Because you just mentioned it, European sports, I mean European soccer has has these decals across the the middle of their chest. It, it, it it's like they don't actually have a team name. They're just called whatever that logo is. And, and that's what it looks like. The United, what right. is the Emirates or something? Yes. Is yeah, like, I, I that's, um, that is Barcelona is the one I go to. I, if you think I, I, I'm right here uh, in America, we, the MLS is already doing that. I, I picture the Columbus crew. It says Barbasol. Barbasol. Barbasol off, off their chest. And you know what? Nobody cares. Nobody cares. It's just a jersey. Nope. Their team wears it. And so the players look cool. And so they're going to look cool if they wear it. I love ads on here because it doesn't matter what they look like. The league is making money off of this. They're not going to sell any less jerseys because of this. And even if they do sell a fraction less, they're going to make up for it on the revenue for the ads that they get on the jerseys themselves. If you've ever looked at a hockey jersey in like in Sweden, they look like they're NASCAR racers. They have decals all over the place. This is one little patch and it's going to be fine. And it's going to make us more money, and that's good. We like it. Charlie and, loves this, and that was emphatic. That I really enjoyed it. That is how I really feel. Um, the next next topic we have: Scott Skiles was the head coach of the NBA. And full disclosure, at the beginning of the year, I picked him for my coach of the year, <laughs> and that didn't Not go well. Not my best pick. Not my best pick because after just one season, he decided to step down. Uh, he has resigned. He was not fired. He w- he resigned, uh, and he says that he is not right to coach this team. And um, I thought it was a little weird. And, and so I have to ask, Dan, as somebody who has been on a coaching staff before, you know, like you were a, a grad assistant on an actual uh, coaching college basketball coaching staff, with, yep. with Scott Skiles stepping away, how do you really feel? Well, I like it. Here's why I like it. Uh, because Mario Hazelia uh-huh. got zero run this year for the <laughs> Orlando Magic and should have got a ton of run this year. Because guess what? You just invested a top 10 draft pick into this guy. And instead of throwing him at the end of the bench and not letting him develop in the league, which Scott Skiles is known for, saying, hey, I'm going to throw in veterans to make sure we can try to win this thing. His mindset is not to get along with what the franchise is trying to do and rebuild and get these young guys in that they're trying to get on the floor to develop NBA minutes, develop NBA skills so that two, three years down the road, they can be viable NBA players. He was trying to do whatever he could to win right now instead of trying to develop these guys. Stepping away from that, probably the best move for both sides. He was not the one that was trying to make these young guys into a core, cohesive NBA unit. Now you need to get somebody in here who's on the same page with management, drafting these guys, getting them on the floor, getting them experience, and getting them minutes. Scott Skiles, get out of town, man. I, <laughs> I don't want you around. I want a guy who's going to put Mario Hazonia in the game and let him run and let him play and let him try to figure out how to maneuver this NBA season mm-hmm. instead of just parking him on the bench and saying, hey, well, you get some run here and there. Um, so I liked it. I liked it for both sides. I think it was a good fit for both teams going forward. Scott Skiles will end up somewhere. 
um, doing something as an assistant or possibly as a, as a scout or possibly as a head coach somewhere else. But this was not the fit for what he tries to do. He needs a veteran-laden team that he can control and manage and, and play the guys that he wants to play, not a, a young, up-and-coming, emerging team that needs guys to develop. It Couldn't was a good more. thing going both ways. So I more. liked it. Yeah. Um. We, we, we don't have to get into who do you think should be there because, honestly, there's 8,000 coaches all over the place. Who knows who's going to do what? Um, yeah, quickly, exactly. I think I think David Blatt would be fun, but that's just me. Um, that's my same, I was feeling the same way. David Blatt is the guy I would want. Nice. Look at that. Uh, speaking yeah. of uh, Dave's uh, in the coaching uh, carousel, Dave Yeager is now the coach of the Sacramento Kings. Uh, just leading on to – speaking of carousels, this is a circus here in, in, in Sacramento – Dan, Dave Yeager going to the Kings, how do you really feel? I think it's great. I think Dave Yeager is a great coach, and I think it's great for us because now that Super 8 train wreck that we watched in Houston last year just gets shifted further west, and now we get to see it happen in Sacramento. Can't so, agree good more. Good hire. I can't agree more. Great coach. Looking forward to uh, seeing uh, Dave Yeager take over this just ridiculous Sacramento situation. This is what, Boogie's seventh coach? Is that right? Seven? Six? I mean, it might as well be a hundred. So I mean, uh, there are some players that get two coaches if for their career. So the fact that he's had this many and he's been in the league for not that long is insanity. Um, hey, we'll, we'll see what happens. That that's that's nuts. Um, something coming up tomorrow. We're recording this on a Monday. Coming up tomorrow, the draft lottery, the NBA yes. draft lottery. Dan, do you watch the NBA draft lottery? Of course I watch the draft lottery because the NBA draft is one of my favorite things that happens throughout the year. Uh, I love the draft lottery. I love figuring out where to get these guys positioned. I love figuring out once we know where those guys are positioned, how we can put all the draft boards together. I can read draft boards and figure out where guys are going to go. I can start getting into the YouTube of Draft Express and watching mm-hmm. all of these guys that are now on there. It's a great time of year. It's a great thing. It's fun. They're it used to be the, the ping pong balls. I don't, I don't think they do the exact ping pong balls anymore, but it's still a fun, fun event. It's a good time to do it, and I think it's, uh, it's a cool thing. I enjoy it. Oh, yeah. I always watch it, and we actually gave it a little bit more meaning. Um, my fantasy football league, which which Jaira's a part of, yes, uh, we have set up our league to where, depending upon where you finished, where you finished uh, in the league standings and where you finished in our, our, our brackets, you get to choose a team – in the NBA draft lottery and wherever that team ends up is where you're picking in the draft next year. And so I like we have a whole other wrinkle. This actually has a little bit more meaning for us uh, it, with this draft lottery system. Uh, so it's exciting. I really, I love, I love the, the collection of the, my two favorite things about the NBA is a actual basketball and B the weird culture of the NBA and sometimes it it fitting in with the popular culture of today and and it also knowing no no have no inclination of what's going on in pop culture in the NBA or in, in, I'm sorry exactly. in just regular pop culture uh in, in regular society uh I love that Machine Gun Kelly was there once uh yeah <laughs> like where else are you gonna see Machine Gun Kelly on TV uh I love seeing uh, no. The, You're not gonna see him because he's because he's a he's a he's a wow wow boy. Yes, that is machine gun <laughs> Kelly reference. Everybody did not think I would get there, but I got there. 
Um, I love seeing the the players that are sent from teams that are just really upset that they're there. Uh, like a, a 10 seed and like, well, I'm, I'm showing up. Like Markeith Morris was there a couple years ago. And he was just so upset. <laughs> it's great. I love it. Um, I love draft night. Uh, I love, quick, I'm sorry, we'll draft lottery night. Real, real quick interjection. Uh, shout out to Chris Broussard. I just had a set of a chai tea latte. And I know that's a drink of choice for him. So Chris Broussard, chai tea latte. Pretty good, man. All right. Shout out to Chris Massard. Nice. Um, now, there's al- always been talk, a- as long as teams have tanked, and especially it's been more in the news with the 76ers and the quote-unquote process, even though it is uh, now finished with Sam Hankey leaving the team. Yeah. Um, everyone's wanted to fix the, the, the lottery. Just fix the lottery. How are we going to change it so teams aren't tanking? Yeah. And Zach Lowe had his, has a, had his magic wheel. There have other right. team the betting on on other teams' futures and and picking their futures versus picking players. It's, it's insanity. Um, do you have a strategy to fix the draft lottery? Well, it's not a fully formed draft strategy. I think we can dive into this fully later in the summer when we're kind of you know talking about the draft and talking about players. Good call. Um, but but just a real quick idea that I've had for the last couple of weeks. Uh-huh. Is and you you continue to let these teams that are not in the playoffs play. So you get these young guys that are on these teams developing. How do you do that? You take those teams that are not in the playoffs and you do a a tournament to see who wins the first pick. So there's some incentive to make a team that's good enough to win that tournament to move on to win the first overall draft pick. Um, you can tell you can televise it. You know you do this the March Madness stuff where you have True TV, you have TNT, TBS, all that stuff. You have basketball going just all throughout the playoffs, plus this tournament going on to see who wins the first pick, and then you kind of tear it the way down um, as uh, as there's the winner of the second place. And you you have the consolation game, and you keep playing for the positioning in the draft. So it gives some incentive for teams to, to try to create a team that could win enough to try to make the playoffs, if not win the first overall draft pick. So right. just an idea we've had pop around a little bit. We can dive more into that later, which is how it will possibly work and what you can do with it. But, um, but yeah, I think it, it should be changed. It could be changed. And there are some, I mean, we have really smart people around the NBA. Right. I know that Adam Silver is always up for looking at doing things differently. And Mark Tatum. And I think this is – yes, and I think these are things that are on – the desk and things that are going to be in the next couple of years move to something new. I have a fun idea, but it involves every team in the NBA having a D league team. Um, and let me yeah, tell you, yeah. uh, I can't, I think I may be in the top 5% of NBA D league fans outside of an NBA D league region. Like there's no, there's no close team to us, but I love the D league. I have the D app. I watched the I watched the playoffs. The, uh, they live stream it on YouTube. You can watch anything on 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 the D League. I absolutely I can't tell you how much I love the D League, and I think there there could be a way to incorporate this. But again, we'll get we'll get into that. We have much more pressing right. matters this week. Of course, your favorite topic of every week, your favorite segment that we always go to, Dan. It is time for your spotlight. 
It is time for my favorite segment, your favorite segment, all of our favorite segments. It is time for Keeping Up with Chris Tapps. Well, Chris Tapps is currently home in Latvia. Um, Latvia. Yes, Latvia, where he is the Latvian gangbanger, where he is going to regrow out his hair, put the cornrows back in, and just start doing all sorts of things the gangbangers do. Yeah. Um, so. So, uh, according to his Instagram, he is back in Latvia. He is uh, running some basketball camps. There were some nice little pictures of him talking to uh, to Latvian children. Um, also, shooting a commercial with uh, Morris for Topogavitskis. Ooh, man, uh, that was and, that was a very good effort there. I'm proud of you. Yeah. I'm proud of you, Dan. Yes. Thank you. I, I appreciate did it. Did that he hurt? A, <laughs> it did. It did. I really had to focus in, and I feel like my eyes, I feel like one of my pupils was going to burst. I was so focused on uh, trying trying to get the uh, the name out there correctly. <laughs> you nailed it. But he is a, he's a retired Latvian footballer, um, and as of 2016, he is the only Latvian football player, soccer in America, to score a goal at the end of a stage in a major soccer tournament. Huh. So uh, cur- currently, Chris Stapps, or currently, as a couple days ago, shot a commercial in Latvia was with the... another famous footballer. What was the commercial for? We don't know. Because, <laughs> uh, it was some because Latvian company that you couldn't decipher? So, so the Latvian company, so we're looking at a D-R-I-U-M-A <laughs> with some, some chill days and all that good stuff. <laughs> E-K-R-A-N-O-S. I'm not even going to try to do that uh, <laughs> Well, if they want to look, they can go to Chris Stapp's, uh Instagram account. Exactly. Uh, it is uh, K-P-O-R-Z, so K-P-O-R-Z-E-E uh, is, the, is the account. But, yeah, Chris Stapps, hanging out with the kids, shooting commercials with footballers. Chris Stapps is just running around across the world doing cool things. And that was keeping up with Chris Stapps. Wonderful. <laughs> that was great. That was Yes, back to you, Chuck. (laughs) That was one of our best ones yet. Uh, It's the end of our show, and of course we want to play our games at the end of the show. Uh, We start out with trivia each week. Dan, you have 15, I have 14. We are, it's it's, it's a close match. Um, We actually gave the same exact answer last week, so let's hope that uh, we change it up a little bit, and we go to Gyro for our question. Uh, Gyro. For trivia this week, I'm going to preview... A segment that we might start in the future here. Oh no! This Dealing is Dealing with nicknames of players. Oh, yes. Okay. Cool. So what I'm gonna I do like is I'm gonna say a nickname, and you each have one try to guess who the player is, and then I'm gonna give you a hint, and then you have another try, and then another hint, and then your last try. If you can't get it there, okay. then I'll just tell you. Can we do the one, two, three, and Dan and I say our guesses at the same time? Yeah. Sure. We can okay, do that. Okay. Cool. That that way we both. I, we're, we're not copying one another. We say it at the same time, but then we can decipher it after that. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. The nickname is Fiery Francophile. Fiery Francophile. Um, get off your. Get off. No, your I'm. I, I'm on the. I'm on the. I'm on the show oh, notes. Okay, you can Gosh. just type in, type in. Actually, I don't need to do that now if we're gonna shout our answers yeah. at the same time. I have an answer. Do you have an answer? Sure, I have one. I'm ready. Okay. Okay. Do, count it down, Dover. Three, two, one. Frank Kaminsky. Frank Kaminsky. Okay. Yeah, we both went the Frank. 
Okay, that's not right. <laughs> it's not right. <laughs> it's not correct. First hint. I'm not surprised. Oh, wait, is this an active player? Active player. Okay, this is, oh gosh. This is an active player not named, well, with a nickname including Frank, but not Frank Kaminsky. Okay, keep going. First qu first hint. First hint. Hold on. I, first, we're both wrong in the first one. Yes. Yeah. Uh, first let me hint. Think, let me think. Let me think. Oh, you gotta give us a hint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's gotta give you the hint. Calm down, dude. This is a point guard. It's a point guard. And it, can you say the nickname again? Um, fiery Francophile. Fiery Francophile, and it's a point guard. Um. Ooh. Oh, I have mine. I have mine. Mine's gonna be wrong, but I'll throw it out there. Wait a minute. No, I just decided to change mine. Um. Okay, I have it. Okay. Ready? Three, two, one. Dennis Schroeder. <laughs> and? Nope. Ah, crap. <laughs> this is really hard. All right, next thing. Dennis Schroeder was a good guess, though. Thanks. Well, I thought Francophile, and then I thought F-R-A-N-C. That's France. And then I went German. This, this one? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, European. This one, <laughs> this, one sure. should, this hint should probably just give it away. Okay. This point guard just played against the Thunder in the Western. Oh crap. Oh man. Oh, I was wow. on the I was on the right track. Oh, really how did I just pick the right country? You're both gonna get it. Crap. All right, go ahead. Three, two, one. Tony Parker. Tony Parker. Yep, it's Tony Dang Parker. It. Oh, I had, I had really my. Right I I had, I had it. I'm so mad at it was, myself it was, that I didn't just give myself more time to think. I had my option. He has two actually. It what's is, what's it, his other nickname? The Parisian Torpedo. No, he's not. <laughs> <laughs> Who has ever heard him be referred to by these names? This doesn't make Nobody. any sense. I love this game. <laughs> This is a good game. We're we're gonna expand this game uh, during one of our off season shows, and it's gonna be a blast. I, I'm so excited. Yeah, that was just agree. a little preview, so we're gonna, <laughs> oh, we're gonna do that a little longer later. All right. Well, sweet, sweet and very much to call a taste. Bring it back for more. <laughs> That's a taste. There's a little tease right there. Uh, our next segment that we always go to, if it hits, I'm a genius, where we try and predict what's going to happen in the NBA playoffs and in NBA games, and try and see if we are geniuses by predicting certain specific things i said that uh stephen adams was gonna get thrown out of a game and stephen adams has the greatest poker face ever he he was fine yes. he I, he got grabbed by a fan and all he did was stare at him like if i was stephen adams at that point i would have at least sworn at that man and gotten a fine like i at the very least i would have gotten a fine um yeah but he was fine he was good so i was wrong um dan you had uh, the Thunder winning games four and five, and Cantor going twenty and ten. Uh, ah, Thunder won green. four and five. Thunder won four and five. Cantor went eleven and eight, eight and thirteen. Not quite. I there. got greedy, and uh, yeah, not quite a genius. Smart, but not quite a genius. Uh, Steph Curry. It, well, at Dover's was uh, Steph Curry, and his return would shatter the single game shatter, record shatter for record. three point three points made um unfortunately he started the game 0 for 9 Correct. uh though he had one of the greatest performances in playoff history getting 17 points in a single overtime um he had a heck of a game so again dover smart smart very smart not a genius 
Not a genius. Yes. Not a genius. Um, for next week, Dan, what are you thinking? So I'm going to say in game two, not game one, game two, uh, Channing Fry has really emerged as a serious offensive weapon for the Stephen Cavaliers. Uh, I think in game two, he is going to hit seven three-pointers and really extend that Toronto Raptors defense. Channing Fry with seven three-pointers. Here's the th- Here's the thing is we saw Channing Fry go for seven three-pointers already this postseason and it was against exactly. a relatively decent defense. This defense is, you think is he's worse. Do it again? This defense is worse. If there's more holes, especially for a big guy outside, like when they're trying to guard LeBron or Kevin Love, Channing Fry has all the space in the room. I do not accept 7. I won't accept do 7. Do not threes. accept 7. I'm not accepting 7. What you about go, nine? I I I'll 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 go eight. I'll go eight. I'll I'll give you eight, but I won't I won't stay at seven. I'm bumping it to nine then. Chance right. Ryan, nine three game two. Dover, Dover, do you agree with me? Yes. See, Dover yes, agrees I with do. me. Yeah, he had to, he forgot to talk to his mic. Hi, the first it's time. a new thing. Remember? Yeah, I know. Uh, um, okay, cool, cool beans. Mine, um. It's basically the same thing. I think that the Cavs are going to roll over the Raptors, and I think that LeBron gets two triple doubles in uh, the first uh, three games of the series. How's like that sound? It. Is that good? Yeah, that's great. Okay, cool. Yep. Awesome. Like it? I'm, I'm Dover. Going, I'm going big or going and home again. Yes. Classic yes. Dover. Uh, three, like any three games in this next series. Russell Westbrook is going to go for 40 in three of those games. Yeah. Any three Gosh, games. I love this. Any three. I'm, that's fine. That's great. Because That's so great. Because I honestly, as as a person rooting for the Warriors, I would love to see Russell Westbrook go for 40. Please. That sounds awesome. <laughs> that, that's just going to be cool to watch as a basketball fan. That will be awesome. Right. Um. Well, we've reached the end of our show, and so we need to do some shout-outs. First, a shout-out to thegamehouse.com. They've been sending out all of our stuff. We are in affiliation with The Game House. You can find us at thegamehouse.com in, under their podcast tabs. Uh, they've been awesome about tweeting us out. Make sure you give them a follow at The Game House on Twitter. Uh, go check out their website. They've got writers for any sport you could imagine, uh, except for cricket. They're working on cricket. Um they have uh, it, you can reach them out on Twitter. You can find us on Twitter as well at hack underscore uh, underscore chat, or you can email us at hackachatcast at gmail.com. You can find myself on Twitter at cleep three. You can find Gyro on Twitter at JTD Perk. Dan is not on Twitter at all. Under construction still. Though he is checking out Chris Stapps's Instagram, so you know how to get to Instagram. So that's a start. Uh, well, luckily, I was in Chicago with my girlfriend, and she was able to guide me on how to possibly use uh, any of these things that are outside of my realm of possibility. Nice. So, shout out to, to Beth on that one. Shout out to Ruth. Ruth, yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, exactly. Uh, shout out to Tim Pesciatelli as well. He made our uh, music here at the beginning of our uh, of our show. Uh, you can find him on SoundCloud. Just search for Tim Pesciatelli. Give him some listens. You can find us on SoundCloud as well, as well as the Google Play Store now. We're on the Google Play Store. And I've iTunes, actually checked it out. And, of course, iTunes. And on all of those, if you could subscribe, if you could rate and review us, get the, get the word out. Tell your friends. Tell your Shock. neighbors. Tell the Chuck. world of Hack a Chat. Listen you to the man on the phone. Featured by thegamehouse.com. Thank you, thegamehouse.com. There's a man on the phone trying to Yeah, what does he want from me? Chuck.
What? You had one job this week. You don't, you don't remember the job you had this week? Yeah, it was to try and get you on the show while you're in Chicago, and I think we did a pretty good job of that. No, it wasn't the one job. The oh. one job was to put into the show notes our time to talk about Harold Miner well, because we tell the listeners every week we were talking about basketball and talking about Harold Miner, and we had talked about Plenty of basketball, but no Harold Miner. You act like I'm the no. only one who can edit the show notes. It's a Google Doc. Everyone has access to it. No. I, I had a lot of things on my plate. It was very busy. No. Nope. Uh, so next week, please All right. put it in. All right. Next week. Next week. And until then, make sure you travel safe. Be good to one another and ball out. Ball out.